and welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And today we are covering the West Coast Eagles. Yeah, the uh, the team that has probably three or four really good um, players to think about at this stage. And uh, I'm really excited to get into just an Can entire Can you sound excited, on... please? I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> Can you please sound excited? <laughs> I'm, I'm mainly excited just to speak for half an hour about Elliot Yo at this point, so... <laughs> And that is the end of the podcast. Thank you for having us. Um, look, so we are covering West Coast Eagles. First of all, we are on Twitter, so if you can please find us. We are SC underscore insider underscore and facebook.com forward slash SC insider. Yep. Uh, so really appreciate the support. I hope you've been having a good week so far. Um, look, I'm going to do, do a little bit something different here, Chris. Oh, um, okay. I'm going to go straight into the hospital ward because these <laughs> these eagles have their wings clipped. They can't yeah. fly anywhere. It's just changing it up. Okay. Changing no, it up. It. Well, they're so- it, they're actually, it's actually really relevant. I mean, the, 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 the thing is the people in the hospital ward are the premiums of the team. So uh, you may as well start there, I suppose. Why not? Yeah, and let's do it. They can't fly right now. They've got their wings clipped. Yeah, so I, how, many, how many flying puns are you going to make this episode? About the eagles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe I can fly. <laughs> I believe they're domesticated. <laughs> okay, so JJK, we'll start with uh, back jogging first week in February. Slow and steady. He did have ankle surgery. Ah, the old JJK. Uh, he is a key forward, so not very good news for that one. Uh, Elliot Yo, he did have groin issues, uh, kept him out of the main training until... Uh, from like about December 9 through until the end of January. However, just last week, um, they had some reports said that he was moving and he looked like without any issues there. So moving without. Yeah. He, um, he also in, in some match sim, I think he tweaked an ankle and came on, limped off, but, um, was back up and at it two days later. So I, I wouldn't take anything into that. Pretty much ready to go. Good old Elliot Yo. So he went down and then back up just like a yo-yo. <laughs> like classic yo-yo Classic does. yo-yo. Uh, Shuey uh, ramping up training at the beginning of February. He was battling some hip, hip flexor issues since Christmas. So he was doing well. Got sore around that Christmas break. Uh, and he's just starting to come back into it now. Gaff, good old Gaff man, put it over stuff, nice and durable. <laughs> uh, he, he was actually prescribed a long period of rest. Uh, at the end of season, uh, so he, he had ankle issues, so it didn't require surgery, but they told him, look, just rest off it. We're not putting any pressure on it. We're not doing any training. So he didn't do any fitness in the off season. Zero. Mm-hmm. Get off your feet, let your feet rest. And that was pretty much it. So I think he's feeling good. He's back on the track in January. It's going to help a guy whose only game is outside, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, back on the track in January. <laughs> pretty much. So, uh, not so good there. Nick Nat, obviously the, one of the most spoken about players. Uh, he did have, he did an ACL, had a minor knee cleanup at the end of last year. So just, you know, a little bit of a touch up. Uh, his, his injury was bigger than some other ACLs. Uh, they reckon he certainly won't be, at least for the first half of the season, the player he was before the injury. It's a lot of speculation. They did say he's on a very modified program specific to what he's doing. So he might not be with the full group sometimes because I, I know one report came out saying, oh, he wasn't even jumping. He wasn't with the main yeah, group. Yeah, there's but a bit of, I think that people are taking it um, what they a see, bit too far. Yeah, what they yeah. see as to, you know, what is happening. He's but- on a very specific program with the target to get him either into the back end of the JLT. Uh, they actually do want him to flagged into play in those games. Um, and then de- uh, a definite start off around one. So I, uh, I wouldn't take too much. No, into and especially we'll when the assistant when the assistant it. comes out saying, "Look, he's working with the medicos, he's working with the fitness people. Like he has a very specific 
program for and him and for Rux. Right and now. he's ticking the boxes. So, so I'm he's not doing too what he's required to, according to the medical staff. They know better than journos who just say, don't worry about it. Oh, he didn't jump today. Oh, he yeah. didn't jump today. But look, I'm not too worried just yet. If it gets close end of the JLT and close to the start of the season, then I would be worrying. Uh, yeah. But there's still plenty of water under the bridge. And we'll um, go through Unless Nick you Nat. have wings that you can fly over it. <laughs> we will go through him in a little bit more detail when we get to the uh, guns and rookies. Okay. So, well, look, let's get into the guns. I'm going to go Luke Shuey first because I refuse to put Elliot Yo first on my list. <laughs> That's okay. No, I refuse. Yeah. Uh, pity the fool. <laughs> I straight up refuse. Look, um, I like Shuey this year. Um, if he wasn't injured, um, maybe, uh, you know, someone, I, I was looking at him actually to get in my starting squad um, with uh, Nick Knack back, with Pritis gone. Someone's going to need to take up those points. I think he'll be all over it. You won't be able to shoo him away. <laughs> Far out. So he's a 561k midfielder. He did average 105.6 in 2016. Uh, backed it up with a great 96.2 yeah. in 2017. So he fell off the wagon, really. Uh, I think the whole team did last year. That's though, his, it's his worst average since 2014. So I do have faith he will be able to pick it back up. Again, as you said, no Prudis, no Mitchell. And um, addition of Nick Nat as well, yeah, obviously. Exactly. Yep. So I think that did really hurt him in that. Um, he had 700s in 2017 and 690s. Wow, okay. So probably had more 90s than um, Slater, I reckon. <laughs> Fair enough. So... Um, but look, in the elimination final and the semi-final, he did score a 135 and a 111. So I think okay. there is some definite scope there. He should be able to. He's a quality player. I think he should be able to rise to his best. How do you, how do you, uh, injury? How much does the injury affect him moving forward? Um, well, he's back to sort of training now. I think he could be okay. I think just monitor him. But again, he's a class player. The so playing the JLT and should yeah. be fine for uh, I don't know if I'd put him in standard so much, not unless you're really ballsy. Um, you know, five, um, so what is he? Five, 61k. Yeah, so, there's better value around that price point, definitely. Um, but I, I see him as one that could definitely at least pull his average back up by 10 points per game. Um, I'm not sure about if he's, if he's a 110 player. So I don't think he's a super premium. Um, and he's probably one that you may look at for a step up. But I mean, around that price or cheaper than that, you've got your Rockcliffe or your, or your Crips that should push that 110 barrier this year. So for me, I don't, I just don't think it's, it's, it's enough value to consider a selection. Sorry, Chris. Sure. Yeah. 529k. I got that wrong. Oh, um, okay. it's Elliot Yo. That's 561k. Oh, okay. He's just the got more yo expensive man. You've right. just got yo in your mind. Well, look, let, let's get this man out of the way. You can have your ramble. Let's get this out of the way. I love it. That's Elliot Yo averaged 102.1. He's 561k. Yep. Uh, let's look at his stats. Well, first of all, he averaged more than lead. Did you know that? <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. Oh, I'll shut up now. <laughs> All right. So his first 12 rounds were very impressive. He averaged 108.5. I think Laird also averaged really well in the first start of the yeah, year. Yeah, they both uh, trailed they both, off in the back end. They did both trail away. Um, but in his last nine games, everyone was kind of like, oh, Yo's horrible. He had a really bad back end and... Yeah, for me, me of all people, I was just like, yeah, let's yeah, find yeah, something to pick a, on. Well, I was everyone like, hates on, really, yeah, well, yeah. I was like, let me find something to, you know, have a, a bit Hang of a say. Yep. But he actually wasn't that bad. Um, yep. he had, so he averaged 108.5, first 12 rounds, his last nine games, he averaged 93.4. Mm-hmm. And I think the issue was he only scored 100 in the back end. And then that's probably why people started to expect he had these big scores, all these hundreds, and he wasn't getting yep. them. So everyone automatically goes, oh, bad year. But he still averaged 93.4. And if you only have 100, yet average 
93.4, your last nine games. That just shows me the consistency that he's actually starting to bring to his game. Yeah, I mean, he had a, he did have a, a hundred in, uh, he got 117 in round 13. If you go back to uh, an 11 round, uh, round average. And if you actually work it out, um, he averaged three points per game more than Laird over that exact 11, uh, 11 game period. I didn't look that far, Chris. Oh, well, I did. So just so you know. So, um, you know, if you're praising Laird about how amazing he is, um, but Yo actually outscored him during that same period. Um, I don't know why you'd be writing off someone like Elliot Yo, who's going to be the guy in the defense. Um, Sharon Wellingham's now gone. He's, um, he's retired. So, uh, there's going to be even more. That makes more a points. huge difference. Well, uh, look, he was definitely, um, he played in, played in the back line. Part of that, you know, that uh, Weagle's web or whatever they call it. Um, and he did get quite a bit of possessions, intercept possessions. Um, and he was a bit of a run and carry player for them. So, I can only see that increasing Yo's average or reliance on Yo. It may mean that they, uh, the opposition teams may try and lock him down. They've also mooted Yo as a, a permanent move uh, towards defense, and he scores a lot more points in defense than in midfield. So I actually like that move. I don't think that uh, being in the midfield is the best for him when he just – he literally – I love the seagull behind the ball – um, takes intercept well, possessions. Yeah, he's good for marks though. Like, yeah. uh, like we said in the, um, you know, the pod spectus. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, he yeah. was like, yeah, top twenty, I think, for yeah, marks, intercept marks in the AFL, yeah. which is so it's that's huge. including midfielders, yep. forwards, everything. So no, he, he was very impressive with those stats. Yeah, um, I don't think you can go wrong. Um, at the, 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 I think the other reason why he's got the advantage, he's got that the round twelve buy, so it's a better buy. Um, he's uh, only fifteen k more expensive, I, I believe. Um, he's definitely the top tier defender. He will be top six. I don't think that's questionable. So, um, well, I think the best part is, is I, I did see someone else point this out as well. You could basically own, you know, so Laird, 17.6% of teams compared to uh, Laird, who I think is like 40s, 43. Yeah. Like he's very up there as exactly. far as ownership he's, goes. Yeah, he's much more unique as an option. So um, I think yeah, it's about 18% or something. For, there for I Yo. say, I think actually Yo has a higher ceiling. He does actually, uh, uh, proven by last year. So he actually had... Higher highs. <laughs> <laughs> you are not going. Oh, uh, no. Uh, he did. So he had Especially a. Especially with an Eagles podcast. Come on. Yeah. He had a 150 and a 141. Um, and he had uh, a 124, 139, 125. The guy's got a ceiling bigger than, like, as big as, say, your Hurley when he really goes big as well. So I would, I would say that he's competing for the number one defender this year. And uh, I don't know why people are literally writing him off. I saw a poll. Earlier in the week, uh, late, early last week, um, was like, who would you rather pick, Laird or Yo? And uh, Laird got 90% of the vote. Well, you got emotional. Oh, I, did, I did. Well, it just shows the twice the amount of people are picking him in their side yeah. just because they think he, you know, it's the stigma around the Yo. Oh, like, don't get me wrong, I don't, I'm not the biggest advocate for Elliot Yo, but at the <laughs> same time, he, he was impressive. His ownership's low. He does have a better buy round than. Laird. Yeah. Um, I think we're in agreement that you've got to carry at least two out of the top four, which is yep. the top four is what? Regardless Yo, of which, Laird, yeah, two. Hibbard or and Hurley. Hurley. Yep. I think so you've two got to have four. at least two of them. Yeah, yep. correct. And which two you go for, that's up to you. I don't yep. think either, like any of them are that much worse than the other. And it's the more reason, down to preference. Yeah, it's, it's my preference because the better buy. Yeah. Um, they've actually got a decent finals run. You know, uh, Melbourne have a tougher end to the year. So that, for me, a little bit iffy on Hibbard. Um, and I don't think that um, Hurley is as reliable as a player yeah. in terms so of So I don't body. think you can go too wrong either way. It's about what you feel is going to happen and go with yeah. your gut feel or who you prefer to watch. 
um, um, which is all and okay. It, I mean, he's fun to watch too. <laughs> he does. I don't know. Do you watch much Eagles games? Because I like I like watching Yo play. Not since they've recruited a certain somebody. <laughs> um, so the next person, JJK, uh, like I said, injured. He's 30 years of age, uh, 514K, average 93.5. So, yeah, no real preseason. Um, I also imagine there'll be probably some less uh, inside 50s. Although I don't, Maybe I don't, even I don't, start round one without a preseason. Possibly. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, just, I don't see the Eagles doing as well. I think, he's, I think it's great that they're trying to get um, some of these young guys in, Rioli and, and Ryan, yep. in to try and create a little bit of unpredictability in their forward line. So I think that will work well. But he's been so good for so long, JJK, and he's a key forward, so do not start in standard. I'd be wary at his average in draft as well. I'm not sure I'd hold him. I'd rather get like a Tom Lynch who's I could get with much more value, averaging what eighty three, eighty six, uh, and get some more value on him than I would on a JJK. Yeah, especially in stand, I don't think is it really any value in picking him. But I mean, look, he's definitely the sort of guy that is going to drop in price at some point. Yeah, especially. I think he's a great player. I think he's still. I think he's a great player. I think he kicks a lot of goals, but at the same time, he'll I don't, win your I don't games. Want he'll win your games. Yeah, you know, every third week. Yeah, you know, when he goes one fifty or one sixty. So next person, uh, Nick Nat Nui, four hundred sixty-five hey, hey. k. Nick Nat. The big question, you know, will Nick Nat oh, be huge. what we everyone wants him to be or come back to his best? It's a huge question, and I was big for him early on because of his price point. Then I got a bit scared, as everyone did. Yep. So now everyone's trying to go, oh, I'll look for a Jacobs or I'll look for, you a know. Smith or. Yeah, a Smith or someone yep. trying to come up with these other options. And I, I'm with you because I was definitely on that train. I was How like, oh, valuable is that? Yeah, so I was though? like, okay, well, if he's coming back, maybe they're going to manage his time a little bit more. Uh, you know, and which is all, all very valuable points. Yep. But then I started to do a little bit of digging. So A, he's on that modified program as we spoke about. So he is on track for JLT. Uh, he does have a good buy round as well. Yep, so I figure, I figure worst case scenario, even if I started with him, if he does okay, holds his value, if not increases it, which he should, a couple of big games, his value goes up. And if you don't like him, then Ryder, you possibly could be a good little sideways trade once yep. he gets past his buy. Now, this is one big thing I was talking to Chris about earlier today. One thing I started to find when I looked up his stats. So if you look at him, so 2015, he averaged 103.9 and he had 75% time on ground. So he had a really good year. He played most of the games. Yep. No big issue, right? Uh, 2016, he had a 105.9 average. He was played, dominating that year too. Played about 15 games, but here's the kicker. He only had 66% Time on ground. That's ridiculous. So he had though. a 105.9 average of 66% time on ground. So what that says to me is that... He just even, scores big He when scores he's on big. The his, yep. his points per minute are huge. So even if he's not 100% right, even if they do manage his time a little bit, even if he plays 60% time on ground, he should still be able to get you a 95 to 100 at the start of the year. I would be incredibly surprised if he does not turn around averaging 95. And then, correct. And then after the year, once he gets a bit more continuity, a bit Starts, more consistency, has a good back end, he could go, great final series. He could go massive. Yep. And all of those people that weren't on him, they're not going to trade him in. No, nah, you're not going to sideways trade to Nick Nat late in the season when you've got no trades to do Correct. It, he so. has the same amount of risk to his name, so you either start with him or you don't really yep. unless you're desperate or you have an injury possibly later in the year. But for me, I think he's that beast at scoring. So I, that stat there really starts to swing me. Watching him play is just like nothing I've ever seen because he'll just be there and out of nothing, just hit out to advantage, outside the circle, onto a running player, kick into the forward line goal. So here's the Unreal. thing. You think of Cornelio, right? Not too much difference in price in the midfield. So I know different positions, 
But if I said to you, Cornelia averaged 105.9 in 2016 and he only had 66.6% time <laughs> on ground. Yep. Would you start him? Uh, 100%. Exactly. Yeah. So I the- think it's a no-brainer. And look, if he... I mean, let's say that later in the year, he's pushing 75, 80% time on ground. He could be averaging you 120. He like, could, he could go good? huge. Like, Even if he's not at his 100% best... The he, scope is too good so to good. pass up for the value of the money that you're going to give... I understand people's uh, tendency to play it a little bit safer, but you've got to make a couple of risks. And the, the downside to not playing him is not as bad as the upside or, or that you will gain if he goes big. Yeah. So if, if he does go down, you could probably downgrade, upgrade, and then get a premium. It's not the worst thing yeah. in the world. Like, I know it's not ideal, but at the same time, those stats there are swinging me to put him back in my side because, let's face it, it frees up 100K elsewhere on your field, and that's yep. a huge advantage, I feel. Yeah. That's your uh, your Griffin to your anyone. <laughs> Griffin, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, people play, still playing Griffin. Well, that's, that's like good. that's like a Crips to like um, nearly a Dusty kind of thing. Yeah, no, exactly so, right. It's 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 a huge step up in um in terms of your, your tier of players. I mean, even someone like a, a Degoe to a Crouch, yep. Degoe to a Robbie Gray. I mean, that's a huge upswing. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think you got to get you got to get on him. Uh, if he goes big, you're going to miss out on points and you'll be out of the race. So just get on him. Is he on your side, Chris, or have you? I haven't changed him, mate, since the since day. Oh, dot. there you go. He's been in and out and in again. <laughs> so much so I feel 18 again. <laughs> uh, so the next person we'll cover, a bit of innuendo, is Saturday evening. Uh, he's out of puns, so it's all about the innuendos. <laughs> yes. So, um, yep. Yeah, so look, if we are aware some things might happen during the week, um, until this podcast gets to you, but look, you know, we get together once a week and we record everything for you, which will carry over through into the season. Definitely. Uh, really good feedback so far. We do appreciate it. Please do give us feedback and hit us up. Um, unless your name is Lockie Hunter and <laughs> those abusive emails and that one star, mate, you can just, classic, classic you can just Lockie. turn it away, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so the next person, Jeremy McGovern, a defender, 498K, uh, averaged 90.7 for the year. So he averaged 95 for his last 13 games. He he actually is a bit up and down, but he did have some big scores. He had five scores that were 115 plus, um, and then he kind of had a couple of horrible ones, like two scores in the 50s. Yep. So um, I'm a little bit worried that um, he might start the season forward if JJK's um, yeah, injured. So uh, it, it puts a little bit of a question mark on him. He definitely scores better behind the ball, 100%. Yep. So um, reads the play well, fantastic intercept marker, great defender. Um, and the way that they defend, it just suits his, the way he plays. So um, I like him, um, but it's just a question mark on him, unfortunately, okay. for me. Yeah. Um, so let's get into someone who's super coach relevant, but not really for me, particularly in draft, uh, is the Gaff Man. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is Seagull... <laughs> seagull City. This guy seagull City. Is almost ultimate he's Seagull. He's, very he's in high. the same tier. He's trying to beat him, but he's not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, so he's very high for disposals. Uh, I'll give you an idea of what I mean. So he's 512K, average 93.1. He has had some better seasons in the past. Very much an outside player. Runs up and down the wing, begging for chips. Um, <laughs> so, look, he's Seagull number one. So uh, he can't really improve his super coach numbers for me uh, simply because he is that 100% sort of outside player. And I'll give you some kind of idea. This season, 2017, he had 36 disposals, 92 super coach points. 34 disposals, 98 super coach points. 35 disposals, 93 super coach points. 30 disposals, and he had um, 
He had that twice, actually. 30 disposals, and I think he got about like 85 or something, rather, twice. And then 34 disposals, 89 dis- uh, super coach points. Yeah. So he gets a lot of the ball, but that doesn't really equate, and he is not one for me. If you want him, go play fantasy, and you can Yeah, just... he's definitely a fantasy player. Yeah. And uh, If you want him, piss off. Go to fantasy. fantasy? <laughs> no, 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 no deal. No fantasy. <laughs> no deal. Um, super cock. Shannon Hearn actually surprised me last year. I, I wrote him off. Yeah, for years, well, years gone by. He is a, he is a write-off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Fair enough. He's horrible. So, I mean, he had a really good back end of the year, though. But if uh, you look at the start of his year, he started so bad, 77.8 in his first 14 oh, rounds. Wow. So he averaged 88 for the year. So in draft, if you're looking at this guy going, oh, what a great player, he averaged 88 for the year. I mean, granted, that's a good average, but... The first 14 rounds at 77.8, that's horrible. No, nah, that's really bad. And I don't know what happened or what he changed. He can go, like, he can bust out a 40 if he really wants but to. But he, he went big out of nowhere, averaged 110 in his last seven rounds. He had five hundreds out of the last seven rounds. So basically seven of his hundreds, five of those came in his last seven rounds, including a 165, a 149, and a cool. 113. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> that will do it. So look... Just be wary. Uh, not for standard for me. I think two up and down for Charles. I think Charles. you can have him as like your you know D five in draft. You know, so someone that you just you pick up. Well, right at, the, at that average, that's more like a D three, D four. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, not for me. Um, I'd let someone else pick him to be honest. And then if he starts slow, I'd offer him some peanuts and uh, try and pick him up. So <laughs> he does have upside. He does have a big ceiling. But yeah, for me, uh, no. Yeah. Fair enough. No, no, no. Uh, the other person who's super coach relevant is. Tony Olengo. 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 So some of you might be going, who the hell is this Tony Olengo? <laughs> I, don't I think we're making him really relevant Yeah, now. it sounds like a soccer player <laughs> right now. Uh, look, he's very relevant. He's 102K and he is the loophole ruck in my team. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, that's why he's relevant. <laughs> um, they have, West Coast have 12 Sunday games. Yep. And they play a lot of late games. So therefore, he's a perfect loophole for me. Uh, particularly with that Nick Nat, I can then throw someone in when he plays uh, and loophole away. So yep. it's important for the loophole. Uh, I West would Coast say that good. Uh, the only other consideration to that is if uh, for an unknown reason or for for known reasons, uh, Roy Lobb does get um, a forward ruck status. Yeah, and then you would go a forward uh, Then a you forward need ruck. someone that's a, that's a forward ruck as a ruck three. That I think the cheapest is I like don't think they're going to change it. They changed Motlop and all hell broke loose and then yeah. I don't see them going again. Yeah, well, if that doesn't happen... But why was Motlop a midfielder only? That's just ludicrous anyway. Yeah. Uh, if that doesn't happen uh, and there's no Ruck 3 that's really showing promising signs uh, in the JLT, I think you've got to lock in the cheapest possible loophole. Well, so it could save you 23K, which, again, is a, an upgrade. So, yeah, definitely. Um, money is time, people, so get on it. Um, next one, we'll go mid-prices. Uh, the old Brisbane fan, Jack Redden, who has done nothing since leaving Brisbane. <laughs> He's done, no- He's just done like nothing at Brisbane. So Nothing since leaving Brisbane, just like Elliot Yo. Oh, oh, well, oh, this guy. <laughs> they can go have a little group meeting together, have some coffee or some some lattes or whatever they do out, that, out in the West. Uh, look, average 97.3 in his last eight rounds. So he started to come together. Um, started to get going. I think he may get some more inside mid-roll now that Prittis and Mitchell are gone. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who really picks up the, the, the yeah. slack. So he came out saying that he wants to get in there, but that's no certainty, which he, he learnt. Um, I think it was in 2016 he came to the club and, you know, it was horrible. So, yeah, you know, basically I mean, he he's knows... Not, he's not a very good player, so well, that's he, probably why. He's a good player, I think. <laughs> he knows it's not a guarantee, so I think he's actually working hard. So he's one to watch. I think Redden could very much... 
be a big improver this year. I'll watch him in the in the JLT. Yeah, and he's four thirty-seven k, four thirty-seven k. Maybe a draft. More Similar to a Prestia, except he can kick the ball and doesn't get injured. Um, <laughs> That's you know, not so true. Prestia's plays, way better. <laughs> can't kick the ball. At least uh, he plays for a decent team, though. <laughs> West Coast are going to be bottom four, guaranteed. All right, well, there's that side bet. Yeah, oh, bringing it up uh, early. Right, I'm about right. to cash in next week. We'll, we'll make the we'll make the terms on Saturday. How does that sound? Ah, right, sounds good. <laughs> I'll wait till you're half bottle deep. Uh, <laughs> so for me, not super coach relevant. There's a few of them: Darling, uh, Lewis Jeddah, Mark Lacroix. I think yeah. they're all pretty much gone. I think no way. Jack Darling only scored two hundreds this year. Which just shows how bad he is. I yeah, think, he's yeah, gone maybe off maybe the new baby's keeping him up at night or something. So <laughs> who knows? It's uh, yeah, it's a no from me on all of those accounts. I Definitely. think Lacroix more of a support man to help these young guys coming through. Jeddah, who knows what he's doing these days? Not relevant. And Darling, he's, he he went from being an absolute star at Sydney to being not even best twenty two at a at a terrible West Coast side. Yeah, and I feel like Darling's running around like Groot or something. I am Groot. <laughs> I am Mark. I am Groot. Yeah, basically, you know. So, uh, for me, I do have a couple of breakout candidates. Uh, the big one for me is Dom Sheed. Yep. Uh, not too cheap. He's four fifty nine k. Awkwardly priced, isn't he? Awkwardly yeah. priced. I think um, I would love him in the forward line. I I don't doubt that. If he was a mid forward, I would actually uh, pick him. I think he'd be one hundred percent. He'd be up there with uh, the, one of the most top picks. Yeah, selections he'd be more picked than sure. Devin Smith, I reckon. If he Ooh, was I a that. mid forward, <laughs> I, I think he would be. I one hundred percent think he would be. So look, uh, he has seventy three point three percent time on ground. Uh, averaged uh, so he had seventy point seven disposal efficiency. Between round 11 and 19, he averaged 95.38 with 500s. Uh, score per minute of 0.9, and he will 100% get more opportunity in 2018. So yeah. I think that's a big one. Uh, I think, you know, it's not one you put in your standard side. I think 0.4% of people have. So he's a real risky pick. He could very well average over 100, but again, that price, even if he averages 100, what he makes you 100k if that, so it's not really it's not worth, worth it. it yeah. No, not unless As he becomes a he's top. He's not going to be a super premium. No, not unless he becomes a top 10 no. to 15 mid. He's not really worth it at that price. Um, so that's it for that. Um, Brendan Archie is, is an interesting one. So, uh, he played 50% forward in the past three years at Port Adelaide. Um, Move to West Coast for more mid opportunity. So I think he's one to watch. He's 255k. Yep. And he's a mid forward. He's got some talent, the kid. He does. And yeah. he's, he's similar to you're looking at your Christiansons, yep. your Balics, uh, around that kind of scope. See who, who does really impress, particularly that's what I like. I mean, in the role. Look at I, the role. I have, I have an F4 in my team that's going to be around about that 250 yep. to 280k. I've got Christensen in mind at the yeah, moment, but exactly. that could very easily change. If, it if could. Archie comes out and is playing a inside mid role at, at West Coast, I will probably go with that over. Yep. Uh, he's just got a, a, a huge scope to develop, and I really like watching him yep. play. So, in so. champion data, have him above average for clearances per 100 minutes. And he was ranked number one in the uh, Sandful as a mid-forward, uh, according to the champion data points. Yeah, nice. So I think he's got some talent. I think And they... Sandful's not the Neeful, so you can actually re- rely on those yeah. as decent figures. You can take that to the <laughs> bank. Uh, okay, so rookies will go next. Um, you've got Willie Rioli. He's a forward at 123K. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing with forwards, Chris and I have spoken about this before, uh, forwards don't generally score you that well because they rely on goals. And generally, if you're new and you're small, you don't do that well unless your name is Papley. Yep. Um, that's pretty much one of the Break main. Break this year, go to the Sydney podcast. That's, yeah, that's mainly <laughs> mainly one of the exceptions there. But 
you know, generally speaking, I mean, you look at Pickett and some of these other guys, they rely on goals. Averaging 23 small, points per game. Yeah, small forwards don't generally <laughs> do too well. So, I mean, you look at, uh, there's a lot of forward options, I believe. So, try and look at the ones that might do more uh, for you. Yeah, there's a there's a plethora of options that are going to average 40 to 50 this, yep. this year in the so, forward line. So, you've got to pick the ones that are going to be hitting that 60, 70 average and make you cash correct. enough to actually uh, get your downgrades and then upgrade. Yeah, so, so uh, Willie Rioli, 123K, was close to getting a game at the end of last season. Um, they reported he's dropped a lot more weight again, which is amazing. So he's applying manic pressure and flair. So that's something that Luke Ryan isn't known for. So uh, they're experimenting at the moment. They may release both of them into the mix, uh, so Rioli and Ryan. Um, so they don't want to be too predictable. So I think they're talking about shaking it up and trying something new, like kind of like the Richmond, you know, how they have a couple of smalls and then try and create some pressure and some goals from that. Um, let's face it, they're very predictable going into the forward line, West Coast. So that's not what they are after. It's hard to do at a ground like um, over the, over yeah. there because uh, it's obviously so long. So it's really hard to keep the uh, fall pressure and so, so frequent. So um, you need pace, you need skill, you need pressure. Otherwise, yeah. it's just going to go... Straight so, over your head and you're out, you're out of the game. So. Yeah, so Rioli's, he's quick, he's got that manic pressure yeah. and that's what he's good for. Whereas Ryan is actually quite poor for pressure as far as ratings. Uh, he's looking to cement himself straight away in the forward line, however, come round one. Uh, he's 21 years old, so he's a mature recruit and he kicked 73 goals in the waffle last year. That's insane. So I think Luke Ryan, 117k, he's on my bench at the moment. Excellent. Someone um, to look for. Yep. So, but at the same time, Rioli could make his way in. I'm just trying to sort of see how that all settles. Let the dust settle and let them play. Let let them play. Let them play. <laughs> uh, yep. So look, apart from that, that's basically it for the West Coast Eagles. We just got a, a bit of a draft round out. Chris, where do you think some people falling this year? Um, I think Yo's probably the first one to go. Um, probably around that uh, third round, so a 30 to 40 pick. Yeah, I can see some people moving for those top defenders and forwards even in the second round. Uh, generally speaking, rucks, forwards, like rucks mainly go third round. Sometimes you'll pick up... Especially with Doherty gone down, there's not many key defenders. So I think Hurley and Laird like and Do- I think Doherty has been gone first round the last couple of years, but second he's, round last he's, year, yeah, yep. he's the only one there that can really average a one ten. So outside of that, there's, I mean, what you're it looking could be, at a hundred clear average. Yeah, so a, a desperate end of second round, or you're looking at especially the start of the third round. Yeah. People start to do that. By the yep. time you get into the fourth round, you're looking at more your mid ninety fives. So I think he definitely has to go between that. Pick 18 and pick sort of 30. I think it'll be interesting to see who goes for Nick Nat. If it would be. someone's going to either jump on him or he's going to be a late I think pick. he'll slide. I think yeah. he will slide. I think uh, Gorn, there's a lot of reporting about him and how good he's going to be. And he could be the top scorer or he's at least tipped to be the top scorer. Yep. So I see Gorn. He could be a very ballsy second round pick anywhere between the second and the end of the third round. I don't see him and getting Nick much past. And could go what? Post 50, post 60? He could go, yeah, post yeah. 50, post 60. I yeah. think Ryder and those guys will come in around that third, fourth round, and then Nick Nat will slide because of the injury concerns. So he will slide to after pick 50, I think, yep. which might not be such a bad spot to get him. Um, again, though, like Gorn would probably go at that, um, I reckon, end of second round through till end of the third. Yep. So say pick uh, 16 to 30 again. Um, simply because of the year he had uh, in 2016. And, you know, again, rucks aren't that hard. Um, well, they're hard to come by, should I say. Yeah. 
Um, yep. Yeah, so I mean, Shui, that, you got Shui. Shui would be a good one to try and pick yeah. up. I think Shui again would be a great sort I'm of much much M3, bigger on Shui than I am on Gaff. I yep. think Gaff's got to be a late selection at best. Well, I think with with um, Shui actually going down in average for ninety six, you could be able to get him as like an M four M five, depending on how how wide you spread your positions early. But you could actually get some really good value there, uh, and that's pretty much about it for relevancy. I think McGovern, you kind of you you know you'll pick him up where you sort of expect as it winds down. Yeah, and he's going to give you the same result this year. I don't think he's really got a scope to improve. Yep, and definitely do not pick up Tony Orlando <laughs> in draft. Whatever you do, he will not play. He's not relevant. Except for that, I think Sheed's um, one that you really need to keep an eye on as well. Definitely, Sheed, you could pick up. He he actually could. Based on his average, you could get him as a, an early bench option, yep. and that wouldn't be such a bad thing. If he averages you 95 or something, all of a sudden he's on your field, so that's not a bad option. Yep. I am definitely keen on the Sheed, um, just like Jock Reynolds and some of those boys, the Sheed, <laughs> the Sheet, uh, and coach, um, coach panel, so very keen. Anyway, that is the West Coast Eagles, and I think that nearly wraps us up. We have the Western Bulldogs nest next. And that will be our last of the team podcast. So feel free to go back and listen to anything that you might need. And uh, from here, we'll start to cover you know, some of the JLT and the uh, AFLX and, yeah, we, and whatnot. We'll have a, a bit of a talk coming about up. it. We've also got our, our draft is next week, the 17th of February. Yeah, so, so we're going to dissect. Review. We'll dissect and review that so you can have yep. an idea of where people pick. So that will be a purely draft-related podcast. Yep. And then uh, we'll do AFLX, um, and then the JLT is, is very short after that. So, yep. um, yeah, pretty excited. We'll do some strategy in regards to um, uh, standard relevancy uh, and how you're picking your team in terms of uh, how many defenders, mids, and uh, forwards yeah. you should have. And then how to work the buys and other sorts, yeah. of, other sorts of strategy. But, yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, but, look, thanks for having us, and I hope you've enjoyed these podcasts. Thank you very much, Thank guys. you very much. Until next time. Cheers. Hey, mama, hey, mama, hey, mama, hey, mama.